You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Running is a hot, sweaty business. And what's the first thing you do after you cool down? Taking a shower and washing your hair is probably high in the list. Our next guest on Running Around Charlotte, though, got sick of running with her hair one day during a 20-mile run and took it off. No, she didn't shave it. She was wearing a wig like she had almost her whole life, and she was tired of it. Lindsay Walter is an athlete and alopecia. All right. Lindsay, Wa- Lindsay Walter is an athlete with alopecia, which means she doesn't grow hair. And she's here to tell us the story of how she embraced her bald head and literally and literally ran with it. That's a lot to say, Lindsay. I'm sorry I butchered it. <laughs> Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Tell us about growing up with alopecia. Were you born with hair but lost it or... How did that happen? Um, Yeah, so I was born um, actually with a head of beautiful red hair. And then when I was about two years old, um, it all began to fall out. First, it was in little chunks. And actually, within about two and a half weeks, I was completely bald. Um, And at first, the doctors um, didn't know what actually was wrong. And it wasn't until I went to a different children's hospital that they diagnosed me with alopecia areata universalis. Um, Universalis is total body hair. So it's the hair in my head, but also no arm hair, leg hair, anything like that. Um, Yes, so since about the age of two, I've been completely bald. Well, I I guess if you look at the bright side, some of that can have uh, its advantages, right? No nicks and cuts when you're shaving legs, right? Yes, exactly. I've never had to experience that. (laughs) Or, or for men, uh, you know, the nicks and cuts on a face. Um, yeah, we so were just I, talking about we were just talking about the beards right before this, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know when you grow a beard," and I'm like, "I really don't." <laughs> <laughs> so um, my cousin actually has a son who has alopecia, and he had hair through his teens, and then when he was. Uh, yeah, probably around 20 years old, he lost it. And, um, you know, he, you go through this process of figuring out how to deal with it because you tend to stand out. I mean, it's not just, uh, there are people who don't have hair on their head, but it's the eyebrows and some of the other um, markings that hair would give you that kind of make you do a double take and figure out um, how, how that is and what's going on. And so for him, it was this process of, of becoming comfortable with it. I can't imagine as a two-year-old, it was easy because now you're going through kindergarten and grade school where (laughs) the kids are probably not too easy on you as, as maybe in the twenties where kids are a little more mature or people are, and just, you know, let it pass. Tell tell us about that. Yeah. um, So honestly, it was really hard. I mean, from a pretty young age, I wore a wig um, just because I didn't know anyone else 
my school community, um, social media wasn't a thing. So there's no way to kind of connect and meet other people who had alopecia. And so that made it really hard. Um, kind of, as you mentioned, um, and you know, it's one thing to wear a wig and you can kind of, you know, blend in with the other kids, but it's like the lack of eyebrows and eyelashes. And yeah, I unfortunately was bullied and teased pretty much all through elementary school, all through middle school. Um, it was really tough. Um, a kid pulled my hair off in gym class and it is still like traumatic when I think about it. And kids were just really awful. And I think also just like not having confidence in myself and kind of being raised and not the most supportive um, environment as well. Um, you know, it really allowed like when someone would, you know, make comments to me, I never told the teachers or when, you know, they would say, Lindsay has no hair, Lindsay's a baldy or she's ugly. And just kind of the things they would say, I truly felt that. And so I never would make a comeback. And I definitely allowed myself to be bullied for, you know, all of those years. Um, but yeah, it was really, really hard. Um, yeah, it's something that like I'll never forget. And I think like it has definitely made me much more of like an empathetic person. Um, I would like to say it gets easier as you get older, but I don't know if that's necessarily always the case. I found like even in my 20s, um, even now, like people make a lot of comments to me. Um, yeah, and it's just, yeah, even today I still have, you know, instances where, you know, someone will say like, wow, you used to be a lot prettier, like when you used to wear your wig or, you know, they'll say that I look very boyish and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I feel like it's hard no, no matter what. Yeah. I, I think sometimes when um, when you're not really familiar or you're not really aware of what you deal with on an everyday basis, sometimes it's very it's very awkward to have a conversation or even to know if if um, <clears throat> if I could walk up to you and say, "Hey, tell me your story." Um, and, and in an innocent way, because we, we just, and, and we're, we're dealing with all of this in a very different way now of just, because I'm interested in getting to know you and, and everybody's got a unique story, whether they're um, short or tall or fast or slow or whatever they are, you know, I want to get to know you, what's your story? And so is there a comfortable way that people approach you that you're comfortable talking about or do you just like to have just hey let it slide and let me just blend in as who I am yeah um so I love like the conversations and just educating people and just the opportunity to kind of like share my story and what alopecia is I would say the biggest thing is like when someone you know approaches me is like the deliverance of it and like how they're saying it like if you come up and say like oh like why are you bald or like you know, are making like a negative or not very positive compliment, then I'm going to be like, okay, like, no, like, then that's very like standoffish to me. And then I'm, you know, right away kind of have my guard up and I'm like, well, why do you want to know? And things like that. But you know, if someone comes up and, and like approaches me and maybe not necessarily comments on like my bald head right away, but you know, maybe it's like, oh, like, 
I see you're a runner or I see you're doing this or something like that. And then they kind of like ask and ease like into it. And as long as it's very respectful um, and things like that, I have no problem answering questions. And I think it is really important just because people don't know what alopecia is. And a lot of times they assume, you know, there's something else going on with me. Um, and I think, yeah, as long as people are kind and respectful, um, yeah, just how you would approach it. But I think also like treating me like a normal person just like you would everybody else um I think like that's really important too and something big in the alopecia community um just because everyone wants to be I guess like normal and like everyone else um but yeah that's the biggest thing I would say with that I, I think you bring up a really good point because what what I heard you say in there is you don't want that to be how you're defined you want to be defined also as a runner, as a friend, as a female, as, you know, the other things that you do in life. And that's just one small component of what makes you Lindsay Walter, right? And mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's not really, it, it's not really the top of the list. It's kind of in there somewhere, but you are so many other things and, and, and such a beautiful part of our society that it, it's like, make that part of the conversation too, right? Yeah, yeah, I would always say, um, you know, alopecia is what I have, but it's not who I am. Um, awesome. And one thing too, I always think back is, you know, my favorite um, AAU coach growing up would always, you know, say to me, he's like, never be one dimensional, like there's be multidimensional. And I think that relates to me so much. I think about it all the time. Like it's not just alopecia, it's not just running, but there's so many other things. Um, I think it's in, in, important, you know, to not just focus on one thing, just in, in life in general too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like, how did you get into running um, when you were in school? Like, was that the first sport you gravitated towards or did you play a few other things and then found <laughs> running? Um, yeah, so I actually um, was never a runner at all in high school or anything like that. And I actually played basketball in college in uh, Minnesota and they have the big grandma's marathon that's in Duluth. That's where I went to college. And, you know, I would always watch it and I would think like, oh, a marathon, that's crazy. Like, you know, it would make us run like the two mile, you know, in preseason. I was like two miles. That's so far. Like I'm, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then I'm just naturally like really competitive. And so my senior year, I decided to run grandma's marathon. Um, again, just not being a distance runner at all. My training was very, looking back, it was, I just, it was crazy. The things I did, I, you know, I didn't drink any water throughout the marathon at all. I went on like a few long runs. I didn't have like a watch or anything, even track how far those long runs were, but I ran my first marathon grandma's and I loved it. Their running community was just so encouraging and positive and just running down like, like superior. And it just like something like really clicked with me and I felt so empowered. And then when you're kind of coming towards the finish line, the last like couple of miles, just like the crowds of people and finishing and like afterwards, everyone is just so excited. And you're like, I ran a marathon. It was just honestly like the greatest feeling to me. Um, and I knew, you know, after basketball season, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I need something competitive to do. And I just thought back to grandma's and how much I loved it. And um, then I started to run marathons and I just needed that training and something to kind of keep myself like busy and occupied after all of those years of basketball and so that's how I started running <laughs> yeah like I feel like everybody has that story where you get to the finish line and you're like 
I didn't think I was ever going to do another one. It was a bucket list <laughs> check. And then you're like, wait a second. These people I don't even know are like cheering me on and they're yelling my name yes. just sitting on my bib and like <laughs> all that. Just so yes. Crazy. And it was just so encouraging and so empowering. And it wasn't even like about like my finish time. I, I like, I didn't even know, like, I didn't even care if my time was like good or not. Cause I also didn't know like what to even compare it to, but it's just like the high adrenaline of like that finish line and just like all the people and how like celebratory it is afterwards. Like, it's just so awesome. And I, I, I loved it. I had never felt that in a basketball game or any, anything. And I knew I wanted to be a marathon runner as soon as I finished. Mm-hmm. You can't run just one. It's like chips. You can't just have yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You just have to keep, keep going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So is there a uh, is there a marathon on your bucket list that you haven't done that you would like to do? Um so I have done all of my bucket list marathons. My next um I guess bucket list. It's a little more than a marathon. I did a 50 mile ultra last year and loved it. So my next is a 100 mile ultra. Ooh. <laughs> Why Lindsay? <laughs> Again, I'm just really competitive and so I just really want to challenge myself and get that hundred mile buckle. And, you know, I say, I'll never do it again, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So you know how people who run around the block think marathoners are crazy. That's like marathoners think y'all are crazy. (laughs) Like, why would you, why would you do it five times? You could be done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's just really appealing to me. I don't know. (laughs) Nice. You got to keep pushing forward and like, just keep making those strides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you're also a writer, Lindsay. Tell us about your writing and and what you do and what your passion is there. Um, Yeah. So I um, had been asked to like share my story on just like a few like bigger media outlets, like self magazine and pop sugar fitness um charlotte five things like that um and i had found it was just like writing out my story was also like very like therapeutic for me um just because sometimes it's like hard to talk about things that happen but i found like if i'm writing just is like a different kind of outlet like just not having to speak it out loud i guess um if that kind of makes sense um yeah, and it was kind of like through that I was just writing my story um, in like different ways and sharing like different parts of it. And the more I was doing that, um, again, it's something that I had found that I didn't know that I necessarily like to write kind of the same thing with marathons until I kind of did it. I didn't realize like how much I really enjoyed it. Um, and just kind of like diving into that more. Um, and I'm just you know, thankful for a lot of the opportunities that I've had with that. I think it's an important kind of message, not just about alopecia because I know not everyone can relate to that but just um kind of like loving yourself uh, very like body positive and things like that um and so that's kind of what I feel like people can also take away from my story um and just like having a visible difference but like not letting that stop you or letting people kind of tell you that you can't do something because you look a certain way or you know you have this and things like that um yeah so I'm just um yeah I've been like freelance writing for a bunch um it's been really fun I'm in, in, enjoying it I'm kind of doing more like the fitness side of it with pop sugar which has been really awesome and so yeah I'm kind of looking to expand into that more I think that's awesome um I I, I think as we talk about um in in such a, a a larger scope of inclusivity you know we we have to find the beauty in 
in everyone and everyone's different in everyone's beautiful in a different way. And um, I, I think that's part of the, you know, getting back to, it's part of the conversation that we have to have with people and, and just being comfortable with it and realizing that we're, we're all different, but we're all different um, in, in God's creation and the way he made us and the way he designed us. And, um, and we have to be comfortable with that, not just for ourselves, but especially for others. And I think, um, I think by doing that, that tends to open the door for, um, for just better, better relationships and, and, and people feeling more comfortable. I mean, we, we just have to get to that point. So I, I don't know if you have thoughts around that, but, um, but I think it's something that's really starting to come out and, and manifest itself in other ways um, today. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I think too, something um, just in like the society that we live in as well, just, you know, how big social media is, I feel like a lot of times you kind of see like the best version of people. And I think that's great. But I think also like being real and things like that and kind of like sharing um, different kind of like incidents that happen or maybe something that like you're struggling with. And I feel like if you're always just um, I mean, I think it's important to be like positive and share like your successes, but I think also being real, um, whether it's, you know, like a bad run you had, a bad race or something like that, but also something that you're struggling with or maybe not um, always like the happiest about. I think like that's really important too, um, because otherwise, like I feel like sometimes when you kind of look at that or kind of it makes people so much more human and so much more authentic, I think when you're able to kind of share like your real side and like your real story. Um, I think that's encouraging other people who kind of hear things like that. For sure. It, it also makes things more interesting because if we were all the same and we all only show the best of ourselves, like that's, that's not fun. That's boring. <laughs> like, yeah. Show... And I feel like it's not, it's not real. Like no one is happy 24 seven. No one, you know, is always smiling and has like perfect runs, perfect races or just, you know, any, anything like, like that. Exactly. And you don't learn from a perfect race. Like, oh, you did everything perfect. Cool. Like, no, yeah. you learn when it all messed up and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I, yeah, how exactly. do I get across that line? So what's next for you, Lindsay? Um, well, Boston was supposed to be next. Um, you know, obviously that's not happening in September. Oh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I like felt it coming. Um, it just kind of stinks to kind of hear it live, but you know, I'm shooting for 2021. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then, um, my hundred mile ultra, uh, aiming kind of for next like late spring. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, I do have my fingers crossed about some like later marathons this year. Again, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I am, and if not, like I'm going to do the virtual races. I did, you know, a virtual Boston in Charlotte. Um, so it was actually fun. I in, enjoyed it. So I'll probably do that again in September. Um, and then kind of see like what happens with like the rest of fall. But I, I don't know. I really have been enjoying this kind of like lull in races. I think, you know, there's been times where I've been just out enjoying, like haven't even started my watch or even worn it, but just have like really enjoyed it. Just not necessarily always you know, I feel like sometimes I do get caught up in like paces and times and things like that. Um, so just kind of to really enjoy running, I feel like has been really good for me. Um, and then just kind of like doing some other stuff that I don't always have time for. I've been playing like a, a ton of golf, which I really enjoy. Um, kind of things like, like that. 
Are you a good golfer? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty, pretty decent. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm horrible. <laughs> but I still enjoy it because I, I go out with very low expectations. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to go out and have fun and, and focus on the company and the relationship and not whether I can break a hundred or get a par or a, a, a bogey or, or whatever it is, man, I, you know, I lose probably <laughs> six to 10 balls in a 18 hole, but I still like it. It's fun because, you know, for every bad shot, there's a good shot. Right. So, I just like to get outside too. It's just like so nice. I find uh, it's just very like calming to be outside and just, you're, yeah. You're hundred percent right. That's exactly right. You got any other questions, Jeff? Um, yeah, I think I'm good. It's been awesome talking with you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This, is, this has is, been great. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to get to know you. And I, I love your story. And I, I, I love who you are and what you've become. And um, I, I just, uh, I thank you very much for what you stand for and for being so competitive. I love competitive people until I lose. <laughs> so, that is absolutely me, so I'm glad someone enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you very much for your time today. It was such a pleasure to, to get oh, to course. know you better, Lindsay. Yeah, awesome. And if I can do anything to help or anything, just please let, let, let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Well, we'd love to see you out on November 14th at the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Yes, um, yes, I do have Boston. that on my, on my calendar. Awesome. awesome. We'll see you out there. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Lindsay. Bye. Bye. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.